Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Easy parking with Easy Trip. Now available at Dundrum Town Centre. So you can now use your toll tags to park in our car parks. Simply register at easytrip.ie forward slash parking. Easy parking with Easy Trip. Dundrum, where more happens. Hello and welcome to Laying the Points, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by MyBookie. I'm Anthony Amico. You can find me on Twitter at Amixta. And my co-host is Action Network writer Matt LaMarca, who you can follow on Twitter at Matt LaMarca. Matt, how's it going? Going pretty good. Uh, we're doing this a little earlier. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. The normal, uh, you know, you, I'm not sure if you took the day off or what, but, uh, you know, it's nice to uh, be getting this done. We can sort of focus on some of the games that are being played tonight, and uh, I think it's going to be a good show. Yeah, day off from school, my uh, my voice is a little down. I don't know if it sounds that way on the on the show, but a little under the weather, but we'll be okay. I think it's mostly allergies. Um, you know, we've had a lot of really good basketball over the last week, you know, over the past weekend, so a lot to talk about and a lot to look forward to as we move on. Before we get into the show, I just want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners only 30% discount to Rotoviz NFL Pass by subscribing through the podcast homepage rotaviz.com slash podcast. Uh, you know, the bankroll contest has continued. We've been definitely pretty heavy into the basketball. I mean, our, our spreadsheet is loaded with NBA picks. Obviously, we still have a bunch of series futures that we're waiting on, but you know, we've done pretty well so far in the contest, Matt. We both have. Uh, over a 10% ROI on the money that we've bet. That includes money, uh, you know, that we're waiting on still uh, on the future. So we're we're ahead of the game right now. We're doing really well. Um, we kind of took it on the chin a little bit with that Heat Sixers under. Yeah, that was on garbage. Monday. I I really felt. I mean, I really thought like that was a money bet, heaviest bet I've made on the contest so far. You were in on it with me, and. Uh, Goran Dragic just had to get, you know, those last, he had to get that last layup in there. Yeah, I mean, he, he's the ultimate guy that put it over the edge, but Covington hit, you know, like a contested bomb from three. You know, I think that ultimately the two teams combined to score like 10 points in the final minute, which, you know, that's just kind of been the way that the totals have gone for me this year. Uh, I don't think I've won an, an under bet yet since we've been doing this contest and I've made at least four of them, you, <laughs> you just have to, you just have to dodge so much stuff at the end of the game. You know, if it's a competitive game, you've got foul shots. And if it's a non-competitive game, both teams just stop playing defense. Like there's just so many ways that these games can go over. So yeah, uh, I, I'm a little jaded 
I feel like we should have won that bet. And if we had waited and took the line later in the day, we would have won that bet. But we ended up pushing at 216. So, yeah, ultimately, uh, it hasn't been a great week for me. I- I've lost a few bets. I tilted on the Spurs plus 10 after that whole heat thing. And they were winning for most of the game, but ultimately lost by 15. So, uh, yeah, not not good process there by me. I, I didn't even really like the bet that much. I was just chasing, so i uh, going to need to get back on, you know, sort of working my plan. I've gotten away from the MLB bets, which I want to start getting back to as well. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm i ready to, to get this thing back in action. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I basically did, I didn't take any bets yesterday. I just took the day off, a little re- refresh, get back to it, and, and today we're going to get back to making some money. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, the series that have already – Played two games. We'll start in the Eastern Conference. The Raptors went up 2-0 on the Wizards last night. They won 130-119. to 119. Uh, Raptors obviously are the home team, so they're just holding serve here. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on the series so far? And, you know, we were pretty high on the Wizards on the on the preview show. Has your opinion changed on that? Yeah, I, I severely underrated the importance of the Raptors' depth in the playoffs. You know, I thought that their bench would be playing less minutes and, and that that would be a factor. But really what it's allowed them to do is mix and match so many different combinations. You know, in game one, DeLone Wright and CJ Miles had big impacts. Um, they, they played well again in game two. And we're still waiting to see Fred Van Vliet, who was arguably their best bench player during the regular season. So, uh, yeah, I think the depth matters. And, and ultimately their starting lineup has been really good, too. DeRozan and Valanchunas, I believe, have the two best net ratings uh, in the entire playoffs this season. So they've been awesome. The Wizards, uh, you know, John Wall doesn't exactly look like himself. He missed a ton of shots at the rim at game one. Uh, I thought that, you know, there were some calls that didn't exactly go his way either. But, yeah, I've been disappointed with what I've seen. Otto Porter, I think, is still uh, a shell of himself because of that injury. And, and he's a huge factor for this team his his net rating was one of the best in the league so he's he's a huge x factor and you know the uh the wizards haven't really been able to to count on him so far so i think that even though the raptors have theoretically just held serve they've gone a long way towards answering some of the big questions that have surrounded them going into the playoffs yeah for sure i mean i i still kind of feel like the wizards are a team that's going to play uh Ooh, excuse me. I, th- I feel like the Wizards are, are, you know, usually a pretty good home team. So we'll see how that kind of plays out. I mean, I, you're right. Like the the rust and the injury stuff clearly is impacting the Wizards. Uh, Kelly Oubre is, I granted you watch more basketball than me, but Kelly Oubre I feel like just kills them sometimes with, uh, you know, his decision making and and his, some of his shooting. So we'll see kind of what happens. I, I would like to see this get to seven. Obviously, I mean, I, I mean, I bet the series to go seven, so I'm a little biased there. Yeah. Um, They're talking but, about moving Mike Scott into the starting lineup. Yes. Which I think yes. could uh, be a nice change for them. You know, Markeith Morris has been good at times, but uh, Scott really, I think, will take their offense to another level. So probably means less minutes for Gortat as well. He played just 12 in game two. So, yeah, I think that we're going to see some different mixing and matching and stuff. But, yeah, like I said, for me, it, it comes down to Otto Porter. He's got to be better than what he's been in the first two games. 
All right, let's uh, move on to the Celtics series. Uh, Celtics went up 2-0 on the Bucks last night. They won 120-106. A little more convincing than game one where, you know, Milwaukee had that nice comeback and the big three at the buzzer by uh, Chris Middleton ended up losing in overtime. So, you know, the Celtics seem to be pretty firmly in control, Matt, but again, they are the home team. Uh, you think this is going to start swinging the other way when they get to Milwaukee? I don't. I, I was on the Celtics, you know, prior to this series. I, I know that you're invested in them as well, but I just think that the coaching gap is so big here that, you know, he's going to be able to to win this series for the Celtics, even though, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks technically have the best player in the series in Giannis Antetokounmpo. So uh, there was a lot of talk heading into, you know, game two that, they were going to play Giannis at center more and that that lineup was going to sort of cr- cause a lot of problems for the Celtics. But I think that it's ultimately going to also make things easier for the Celtics on the offensive end of the court, you know, evidenced by them scoring 120 points. Uh, Al Horford, to me, is one of the most underrated players in the league. And he had another, you know, really, really solid all-around game. Nothing that really jumps off the page, 16 points, five boards, four assists, but He's just so like involved in everything that doesn't show up in the box score. And uh, Jalen Brown obviously broke out. He had a huge game, scored uh, 30 real points. So I think that the Celtics team is, is, you know, set up with Stevens at the helm to take care of inferior competition. And, and for me, that's what the Bucks are here. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Horford has 40 points through two games on just 19 shots. Really ridiculous efficiency. He's done a ton of stuff at the free throw line. Uh, made a little bit of money on Jalen Brown scoring totals, so that's fun. Uh, but yeah, I mean the coaching here is huge. I don't really think that the Bucks have, you know, the other pieces around Giannis, uh, you know, to really compete here. I'm, I, you know, I'm selfishly hoping that they do take one game because I have them. I did not bet Celtics sweep. I bet them in five and I bet them in six. So if that could pan out, that would be a nice win. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're just overmatched. President Stevens just continues. I know it's a regular season award, but there's just no doubt that he's coach of the year. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, you know, I said on the last show, close between him and Dwayne Casey. But if I could have one of those two guys, I'm obviously taking Brad Stevens. Now, Sixers in the Heat, I think, got a lot more interesting on Monday. The Heat won. We had a, a Dwayne Wade turn back the clock game, despite what Gabrielle Union may say. <laughs> and, uh, you know, now it's 1-1. We go back to Miami. Uh, the Heat, obviously, I think, you know, have great coaching in Spolstra. Uh, maybe they have rejuvenated Dwayne Wade. What do you think of this series going forward? This is a really interesting one to me. And uh, there are a lot of, you know, questions still in, in this series. You know, the big one is, when are we getting Joel Embiid back for the 76ers? And what does that do uh, to their rotation and then also the, the rotation for the Miami Heat because Hassan Whiteside has been basically invisible in these last and uh, the first two games of the series. He played uh, just 15 minutes in game two. Now part of that was due to foul trouble, but they really just have been better with him off the court. I mean, we, we brought that up on the show. Kelly Olynyk has been really one of the more underrated players for them all season and you know, the spacing that he provides, I think, is important going forward. But if Joel Embiid comes back, does that mean that the Heat are going to respond by trying to play Whiteside more minutes, which I, I think would be a mistake. So 
it, that's going to be interesting to see. I think there are a lot of adjustments that can potentially be made by both teams. I still like Philly. I still think they're the better team, but it is always rough banking on, you know, these inexperienced playoff guys. And they're only going to be adding in more inexperience with Joel Embiid. So, yeah, I think that there was probably some value in taking the heat in this series at the start. Uh, you know, the odds have, have moved away from their favor at this point. But I wouldn't be shocked if they pulled off the upset. I still like Philly. I still think that they're more, they're the more talented team, but they are going to go, go through, uh, through some growing pains for sure. Yeah, game one and two for Philly really is just like the highs and lows of, of shooting variants, I feel like. Like in game one, they shot like 60% from three. And, you know, obviously they, they won the game in a big fashion. And then in game two, they shot 19% from three and they lost by 10. So like I feel like if they're if they're in the middle, you know, if they're hitting their average, they're probably still better than Miami. Uh it's just, you know, it can't be the average like overall. Like it has to, they got to be good every game. You know, that's kind of the thing. So I can see this, this series stretching out a little bit longer, maybe six or seven, but I do still think that uh, Philly is going to come away with it at the end. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely encouraging that, you know, Dwayne Wade put up a massive, massive game. Like, I don't think you can count on that ever again from him. And they were still in this thing right to the end. So yeah, I think that for sure Philly, um, you know, still deserves to be the favorite here. All right. Now over in the West, the Pelicans went up two nothing on the Blazers uh, last night. They won one eleven one Oh two. This is with uh, Portland being the home team. They are the higher seed. So this actually goes back to new Orleans with the Pelicans up two Oh uh, Matt, is this, I mean, there's still two games to be won for, for new Orleans, but is this series like basically over? I don't think it's necessarily over. Uh, I think that there are definitely some adjustments that could be made for the Trailblazers. The biggest one we talked about is no more Evan Turner. And you saw that his minutes got cut down to 20 last night, um, which was, you know, partially in fact, in, you know, due to the fact that they got back Mo Harkless from injury. So if they can work him into the rotation a little bit more and Turner a little bit less, I think that's big. And the other thing is, is Nurkic is just getting killed on the defensive end of the court. You know, whether they try and stick him on Davis or Miritich, both guys have just had their way, uh, you know, when matched up with him individually in this series. So they might be better off, you know, going with a smaller lineup or even trying out somebody like Ed Davis or, or Zach Collins more minutes. And, and both of those guys played more than Nurkic in game two. So, uh, I'm not, completely writing this team off but it's certainly going to be uh an uphill battle from this point on yeah i think we might have mentioned this on the last show but you know having miritich in there instead of boogie like obviously boogie is a better basketball player but miritich is letting them really space the floor and davis is just destroying everyone inside and they're getting big minutes out of him i mean played 40 minutes last night you know it's someone that usually i think you know at least on twitter like people are bagging him for being injured and stuff but you know, this is a guy that's capable of playing big minutes when he's healthy. He's carrying the load for them. And, you know, they got the big game out of Drew Holiday, which was nice. But the fact that no one can stop Brow right now, uh, you know, just changes everything, I think, in this series. And, you know, a bunch of the statistical models going in, uh, the one that I really like the most, the guy uh, at American Numbers on Twitter does a lot of really great stuff. But, you know, he had Portland only 36% to win this series going in which was by far the lowest out of any of the higher seeds. 
Um, you know, so it looks like that's kind of playing out. It was a big reason why I laid some money on them uh, on uh, New Orleans. And, uh, you know, we'll see how, how quickly they can wrap this up. I, I do think that, you know, this is really impressive, I think, what they're doing with basically brow and like a lot of ancillary pieces. Yeah, and I think that that's an interesting dilemma for them going forward. You know, like, obviously, DeMarcus Cousins is one of the most talented players in the league. And for the most part, you want to just have good players on your basketball team. But he takes the ball away from Davis so much, and and their skill sets are so complementary that you almost are looking at an addition by subtraction situation. I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that as soon as he got hurt, Davis went on this, you know, meteoric rise to where he put himself late into the MVP discussion. So they might be better off, you know, reallocating those funds and, and trying to just beef up the rest of their roster. And shout out to Drew Holiday for finally getting some of the respect that he deserves. You know, he's never going to be like an all-star caliber player, given just how loaded we are at guard in the league at the moment. But solid defensively, really good offensive player, and uh, I'm glad to see him you know, getting some shine here for his first two games in the playoffs where he's played excellently. Big ups for Drew. Uh, now, in the Warriors series, they're up 2 nothing on the Spurs. You know, I think a lot of people heading into this were at least unsettled about what the Warriors were going to be in the playoffs. You know, they kind of almost limped into it. You know, they didn't win 60 games this year. So, you know, what's the story with, with the Warriors? How do we feel about them? You know, what do we think about them going forward in the series, but also, you know, rest of the playoffs? Yeah, so we're moving back to San Antonio now. And, you know, the Spurs splits home road are pretty drastic this year. Um, they were one of the worst road teams in the league. They were 14 and 27 on the road, but 33 and 8 at home, which trailed only the Raptors and the Rockets this season. So I'm not saying that. They have a chance, but they at least have a glimmer of hope, you know, going back to a venue where they've played really well this season. Uh, I give LaMarcus Aldridge a lot of credit. He, he tried his best to put the team on his back in game two, um, played really well. I thought the Spurs sort of had his number at this point, but, you know, he, he played great in that game. This team is just overmatched, plain and simple. Even without Steph, the Warriors just have too much talent, too much shooting. You know, they're better at four out of the five positions on the floor, and it would really take a miracle for the Spurs to make this a series. Maybe they can steal a game, and I'll be honest, I'm a little surprised that they're only uh, getting three points in Game 3 from the line that I saw originally. I think that they're going to get pounded with Warriors money, so the books are going to need the Spurs badly in Game 3. But uh, ultimately, this, this series is is over. Yeah, I wonder what the blog boys think about that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> easy parking with Easy Trip. Now available at Dundrum Town Centre. So you can now use your toll tags to park in our car parks. Simply register at easytrip.ie forward slash parking. Easy parking with Easy Trip. Dundrum, where more happens. Uh, we're going to talk about the series that will continue tonight in just a moment. But first, I want to talk a little bit about my bookie. Uh, if you're sick and tired of getting the runaround when you ask for a payout, come and join my bookie today. I would only recommend a service that has been good to me and my listeners. I actually just had a, a really good customer service experience with my bookie last week. 
That's why I'm telling you to make your way over to my bookie. You win and they pay and they pay fast without any hassles. You're definitely wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting so you can place a wager after tip-off. Come join now and my bookie will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. Just use promo code LANGTHEPOINTS to activate this special offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Mybookie.ag. Uh, you know, and of course, we've been still big into the live betting. Um, I got to make a, a plus money wager on the Celtics money line over the weekend because they got down. You know, this is, again, the value in the live betting. I think, like, if you really like a favorite and you don't want to bet the line, you know, you don't want to bet the money line, you don't love the spread because maybe it's a little bigger than you think, you know, just watch the game, have your my bookie. You know, uh, uh, Safari open or, you know, maybe web browser. And, you know, if the other team goes on a big run and all of a sudden, you know, Celts are down 10, when a team you like is down 10, 12 points, you know, you can get them at much better odds. So I think the live betting definitely pays off in a sport like basketball. We've mentioned that before. Uh, and, you know, keep checking out the player props page. I think there's been a lot of really bettable props uh, on NBA plays. You can edit a lot of the. Uh, props in terms of like points, rebounds, totals that you want, you know, guys to reach. So, you know, keep doing that stuff. It's been a lot of fun. I think it's a great way to play. Uh, it's a great way to bet, you know, during the playoffs. Agreed. Let's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get into the series as that'll continue tonight. First up, we have the Pacers up one nothing on the Cavs. We are still in Cleveland, uh, but Indiana is listed as eight point underdogs even after the upset on my bookie. Total on that game is 211 and a half. Uh, Matt, what are your takes on this game tonight? Yeah, I mean, this game uh, is really intriguing to me. Right now, you can get LeBron as a as a public dog, which I can't really remember the last time that happened. Only 42% of the tickets right now coming in on Cleveland. Yet the spread has moved from minus seven to minus eight. So, in my opinion, this is going to be a game where LeBron just decides he's going to show everybody that he's the best player in the world again. Uh, the, the Cavs offense was just absolutely abysmal in game one. Uh, some of the credit there goes to the Pacers, obviously, but they're just not going to shoot that badly again. I mean, this has been one of the best offensive teams in the league all season, holding them to 80 points is a major anomaly. So I think the offense bounces back. I think LeBron puts on a show tonight. And, um, you know, any sort of regression from Oladipo, who was magnificent in game one, I think that the Pacers are going to have a hard time keeping up. Yeah, you mentioned the shooting splits. Cavs shot 39% from the field in game one, 24% from three. Uh, It's just not going to happen. You know, (laughs) I mean, uh, LeBron played 44 minutes, did a really nice job, I think, of drawing defenders and kicking. Just those threes were not dropping at all. It was unbelievable. Uh, so I definitely think the game will be closer. I'm not sure what I think about the spread at eight points, though. Like, that still seems pretty generous. Like, I kind of feel like this is a closer game. But again, like, it's really difficult to bet LeBron. It's, it's like, really hard to bet this game because of the LeBron James factor. Because I think the math... Like a lot of the advanced numbers and stuff, a lot of the models would say eight points, definitely too much. You should take Indiana. But then there's like the LeBron James turn up factor, which I think someone did write about recently at the Action Network. Like it's a real thing. So like, uh, you know, LeBron showing up tonight and throwing up like a triple double, you know, 
Cavs shooting a lot better from three. Like those things definitely would not surprise me. So uh, I might stay away from the spread. But I do think that, you know, if this continues to, to trend upwards like it already has going from seven to eight, uh, I'm going to be tempted to uh, bet on the Pacers. Hmm, interesting. Uh, I would like to see some more minutes for my man Kyle Korver. Action Network did a really nice piece on, you know, players who had the, the biggest impact on their team during the regular season. And Korver sneakily had a huge net rating impact on the Cavs. I think they were something like plus 10 with him on the court this season. So uh, he only played like four minutes in game one. I definitely need some more out of him and less out of, you know, Jeff Green and, and J.R. Smith. So do the right thing. Let's get Korver in there. And uh, But, yeah, I think that overall this Cavs offense is too good. And anytime I see, you know, the chance to back LeBron as a public dog, I'm, I'm pretty interested in doing it. Yeah, Jeff Green, 27 minutes, 0 for 7 from the floor, 0 for 3 from 3. Uh, I have a feeling that those minutes will come down. The answer is never more Jeff Green. You know, like <laughs> if the question is how can I spark my an- my offense, the answer is never more Jeff Green. It's never Jeff Green. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into the next series. Thunder are up one nothing on the Jazz. They're holding serve at home, and uh, Oklahoma City is a five point favorite for Game Two, two hundred and seven point total. What are our thoughts here, Matt? Yeah. Um. We we both really like the Jazz in the series, and I think that this is basically a must-win game for them if they want to contend. Uh, the Pacers, I'm sorry, the Thunder ran wild on them in game one of this series. I mean, they scored, uh, I want to say, 111 points, 116 points, and Utah is not going to win games in this series if the scores are being played in that range. You know, they need to keep this team much closer to 100 points than letting them get up into, you know, over 110. But I think that there are some promising signs. Uh, the lineups with Rubio and Gobert on the court at the same time were still really good defensively, and Rubio was able to limit um, Westbrook to 3 of 14 shooting when matched up against him individually. But they just got blasted when those two guys were off the court. So I think that both could potentially see a few more minutes in this game, uh, you know, now with the stakes being a little <laughs> bit higher. Um, Donovan Mitchell is also questionable, Paul George questionable, but I think both guys ultimately suit up. So I think that there's some value in going back to the well here with the Jazz. They are currently only getting 4% of the money in Vegas, which is just crazy. Yet the spread has gone from five to four and a half in some places. So I think, you know, it's possible that, that the books are getting set up and that, you know, the, the jazz money will come in late. But I think that any time it's that big of a disparity, I want to be on the, the side of, of Vegas. So uh, I, I'm going back to the well on the jazz. I don't think the Pacers, why do I keep calling the Thunder the Pacers? Maybe it's the Oladipo thing. I don't think the the Thunder can shoot that well again against them. You know, Paul George was out of his mind in game one. Uh, I think that ultimately they're due for some regression. And uh, I think that the Jazz could be due for some regression in the other du- direction. You know, um, they, they weren't exactly lighting it up from the field themselves. So, yeah, I, I think that overall I'm still comfortable being on the side of the Jazz here for the series. I didn't see enough 
in game one that has me ready to to flip my pick. Yeah, the Thunder won, you know, only by eight points in game one playing at a higher pace, which you mentioned. Uh, and they shot 48% from three, 35% during the regular season. So a huge increase there. Playoff P, Paul George, uh, he went nuts, like you mentioned, 36 points, 13 for 20 from the floor, 8 for 11 from three. So he's probably not going to play as well. And on the Jazz side, I mean, I know that Donovan Mitchell and uh, Gobert each played 35 minutes, but Gobert was in some early foul trouble. I think that kind of let the game get away from them early. And uh, Mitchell had a little bit of a knee injury, left for a spit, uh, left for a little bit. So, you know, I think that those guys will probably play a few more minutes in this game, if anything. And uh, as you mentioned, their impact has been fantastic. So I definitely like the Jazz for the reasons that you mentioned. I also, I, I can't believe I'm going to do it, Matt. I'm going right back to the under. I'm going, I'm going right back <laughs> to the total. But I, I think the under in this game is, is a good bet, too, you know, which correlates with what you were saying. I mean, if the Jazz are going to compete and play well in this series and in this game, it's going to be, uh, you know, playing low-scoring games. So I think the total, which right now sits at 208, on my bookie, I think that that's uh, uh, a little high. I think we can get uh, that you know down a little bit. So it, it actually jumped a point from the time that I made the outline to when we're taping the show. So I'm going under on that. Yeah, I, I think my days of betting the under are, are done. I'm just too, <laughs> I'm too scared. Like it's just too many things can go wrong. But uh, yeah, I think that like you said, that correlates well with the Jazz plus five. So I think we're leaning in the same direction here. Yeah, I mean, we talk about correlation, I think, all the time when it comes to, like, you know, baseball and I think, like, with individual player performance. But, you know, from a betting perspective, I think thinking about games that way definitely helps you to win a little bit of extra money. Uh, let's get into the third series that will continue tonight. Rockets, they're up one nothing on the Timberwolves. A little bit closer of a game one than I think we expected. Uh, but they are listed, again, as 10-point favorites for game two. 215-point total, Matt. Uh, what are your thoughts here? This was the weirdest game won by far. Uh, if you look at the numbers for the Timberwolves, you just you just scratch your head. Like, how did Derrick Rose lead the team with a usage rate of thirty one percent? Like, it makes no sense. Carl Anthony Towns usage rate fourteen and a half percent. Jimmy Butler usage rate fifteen and a half percent. They were both outside of the top five on the team. And yet they somehow kept this, you know, a really competitive game the whole way through. So uh, I would not imagine that that happens again. I think that Towns in particular needs more touches. He dominated Capella during the regular season. And he needs more than, you know, uh, what did he put up? Nine field goal attempts. He needs more than that. He needs more than nine touch. Like, he's got to get... I want him to get closer to 20 shots, to be honest. Like, I think that that's their best chance in this series. Um, I'm also expecting Houston to play better. You know, Chris Paul wasn't great in game one. They needed a big Harden game. Um, but I think that, you know, this team will play better as this series progresses. So uh, I still think that Houston is the team, but I might like the Timberwolves with the points here. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy, like you said. I mean, Harden had the monster game, right? 44 points, 7 for 12 from 3. Uh, only got to the line nine times, actually. A little surprised by that. But, uh, you know, the rest of the team was terrible. They only made uh, three threes, and if my math is correct, I believe that's on 25 attempts. So that's 
pretty terrible for what Wolf. Houston has done this yeah. year. Yeah, That's huge whoop spot. Um, so I think like overall they're probably going to play better, like you mentioned. I hate ten point spreads, like especially in the playoffs. I'm probably never going to bet them, but you know something that I did with Houston in the first round that I'll probably try to do again tonight is I like to I'll try to parlay their money line with like another bet that I like just to get uh, just to get a little bit of exposure because obviously I think they're going to win the game. Uh, so in round one, I parlayed uh, Rockets with, uh, I think, the Celtics. Yep. And, uh, you know, that obviously worked out. You don't, pay a, you don't pay a terrible premium, you know, for getting the big, uh, the big money line favorites in there. It increases your odds, obviously, a little bit. So I, uh, that's probably the move I'm going to make. You know, maybe parlay them with the, the under or with the jazz or something like that and, and try to get, you know, profitable there. Yeah, I, I did a similar thing. I, I went with a tease. I didn't include the Rockets. In that bet, I, I had the Celtics, the Pacers, and the Jazz, and the Jazz barely hung on and covered by a half a point for me. But I think that that can be a viable strategy. Um, the one thing I would advise against is the the big favorite money line parlay. Like I think that the Cavs and the Rocket money line parlay is going to be extremely popular, and you know, Vegas doesn't go broke because they win these things more often than they lose them. So I might advise against that, but I think if you want to, you know, tease this and, and the jazz or, or even parlay it, you know, you'll get pretty good odds if you take the jazz or the under, you know, being that that's a, you know, a, a close to one to one bet there. So I don't hate that. I mean, the Rockets should win this game. They're, they're clearly the better team. And like you just said, their shooting numbers were absolutely horrible in game one outside of Harden. So. Uh, yeah, like, I just keep looking at this Derrick Rose thing. Like, first off, how does, <laughs> how does he even play 24 minutes? Like, that's, that's really bad by Thibodeau. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just like a relationship thing. He's like, oh, like, you know, in Chicago, Rose is the guy. Like, we can do it. I don't, you know, I, I don't know. I don't try to understand Tibbs. I just let him do his thing. Yeah. But, uh, I'm sure there will be some changes. Tibbs is low key a bad coach. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think I've always been on like team not Tom Thibodeau, like, I think that he's ruined more careers playing his style of basketball than, you know, like, what he won in Chicago, was it worth losing Derrick Rose, Luol Dang, and Joe Kim Noah's careers over? Like, no, like, what did they do? They did, I don't even think they made it to an Eastern Conference Finals. So, like, I, I just think that his style of play doesn't work in the long run, and, um, I, I would personally not be upset if they looked for a new coach in the offseason, but they probably won't do that. But anyway, Tibbs, Carl Anthony Towns tonight. Get him the ball. Like, come on. This is pretty easy. Feed the beast. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Let's get into the uh, book it, my bookie picks of the week. Matt, what are what do we recommend the listeners wager on this week? Boy, I don't know. I was not great last week. <laughs> the two picks that I gave out, we got to push, and I guess the Jazz are still pending. But uh, I think I like LeBron tonight, minus eight. Uh, I also might consider doing a, a two-team tease and taking the Cavs and uh, the Jazz again. Maybe even make it a three-team and throw in the total as well on the Jazz game. So that might be where I'm leaning at the moment. But uh, I, I think that the, of the three games on the board, Cleveland minus eight is my favorite at the moment. 
Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot here. I'm gonna go into the world of, of football because, as you know, Des Bryant was released by the Cowboys. <laughs> uh, so we have some NFL futures on the board. That's always what I what I want to bet. I'm really waiting for the NFL props. I can't wait for those to come up uh, for the draft. But uh, you know, right now you can wager on where Des Bryant is going to end up. I did place a small bet on uh, Houston because I kind of think that they're probably the prohibitive favorite. But uh, I think the real value here might be with the Giants, who sit at plus 2,000 uh, on my bookie. Uh, Ian Hartz of uh, you know, Fantasy Labs wrote a good piece today about you know, why he thinks that the Giants are probably the best bet. And that was based on uh, 10 to 1 odds. So you get double the odds here on the Giants. You really don't have to make a big bet to, to get you know, a strong return. Uh, you know, we know the news that Dez has said that Des Des pretty much is laying out that the Giants are the team that he wants to go to. Um, Not 100% sure how likely it is from the cap situation. The Giants, if they sign all their draft picks, uh, you know, keep all their draft picks and sign them all, will be about $8 million over the cap, which, uh, you know, means they do have to make some cuts as it is. But they can cut Brandon Marshall. They can cut Janoris Jenkins. They can cut, you know, a few of the uh, smaller uh, paid guys on the roster. And that'll save them some money. Of course, uh, I will take a moment to to give vitriol to Dave Gettleman who signed, you know, Jonathan Stewart and traded for like a top five paid middle linebacker, uh, you know, to put them in this situation. But I digress. Cool. Uh, you know, there are moves that can be made. And uh, I think ultimately if Dez really does want Dallas revenge, you know, he's got to be willing to do that at a pay cut. So we're pretty much, you know, getting the 20 to one odds here. I think that that's probably the best value that you can get across the market. Uh, which to me is a big reason why you want to bet it. And again, it's a small bet. We're not expecting it necessarily to to hit, but if it does, we're going to do pretty well. So I, I put a little money on that. Yeah, cutting Brandon Marshall to sign Des Bryant is like the human real-life equivalent of the Spider-Man pointing at each other meme. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, like, yeah. It, like, I, I, you know, it's it's they're the same player at this point. You know, Des Bryant... Uh, you know, I, I read a tweet. It might have been you, but, you know, him getting released by the Cowboys is the first time he's gotten released in the last two years. Like, <laughs> the guy just can't get off the line of scrimmage anymore. So, sure, sign him if you're the Giants. But I, I don't understand why they'd have any interest in him, you know, given that they already have, you know, Brandon Marshall, who's essentially the same guy. I mean, maybe they'll move Dez to tight end and they'll put Evan Ingram at receiver. Like, they'll just... <laughs> um. But yeah, I don't know. That's uh, Giants fandom leaking into the show. Hey, I mean, 20 to 1 seems like a legit price, given that he said that's where he wants to play. Like, you already know that if the Giants want him, it's a lock. So, right. you're, you know, I think 20 to 1 is a very solid price. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Laying the Points, brought to you by MyBookie. Please be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And get that deposit bonus on my bookie for using promo code laying the points. For Matt Lamarca, I'm Anthony Amico. May the odds be ever in your favor.
Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Factory.